Hello and welcome to another episode of the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name's Joe Glover. In this episode, we're going to focus on video. This is just something that is so absolutely vital for any marketer today. And yet it's something that weirdly seems to have this weird allure about it that stops people getting into it and really taking a risk on video marketing in the same way that they might be quite comfortable writing a blog post. The talk today is presented by two amazing people. The first is Colin Ramsey. He's a filmmaker for Little Dragon Films. And what he does is produce videos for all sorts of reasons and, you know, absolutely incredible, beautiful videos. But what he does in this talk is actually make it quite accessible and talks about the type of thing that you want to be talking about and focusing on when you're producing videos. And it's the same concept whether you apply it to a highbrow Hollywood film right the way through to you pointing a camera at yourself and trying to figure out what to say to the world. The second half of the talk is taken by Sue Keogh. Now Sue is a copywriter first but many, many things on top of that and an absolute Cambridge institution in herself. Sue talks about the other part of video, which is often underrated, even after people have found the guts to make it themselves. And that's the distribution, because there's no point making a video if no one's going to see it. So Sue talks about the objectives of your video, uh, why you're even doing it, and how you can go about distributing your video. Between the two of them, it's a real bumper episode. I think it's something like 35 minutes long. But what you get in that is a real complete picture of the basics of where you're going to be producing video, um, how you might do it, and then where you should put it afterwards. I think it's a really great talk, and I really hope you enjoy it. If you want anything more from the Marketing Meetup, just head to themarketingmeetup.com, or listen to more podcast episodes, they're all there, or come to one of our events. They're happening in Cambridge, Norwich, and London, and each happen monthly. And they're they're all hosted on the website and also on meetup.com. That's all from me for this episode. I just hope that you really, really enjoy listening to Colin and Sue. See you soon. Thanks, Joe. And uh, great for 20 20 meetups. That's an incredible achievement. Thanks for having me speak tonight as well. So I'm Colin Ramsey. I run Little Dragon Films. And this is Sue from Sukiyo. We're here tonight to talk to you about video, and we've got this really cool name, Make It, Make It, and Shake It. We'll see how that yeah. Or how to, make your, how to Make Video Work for Your Business as well, which is the second yeah. title. Um, we're going we're to tag team this, so I'll talk, and then Sue will talk, and we'll probably do, we can do questions in the middle, or questions at the end. Probably the end, I think. Probably at the end, yeah. because yeah. we've got a bit of overlap. Um, a little bit about me. Um, so Little Dragon Films has been running about four years. We're a corporate video production company. We help brands tell stories through video. We're also lucky to work with some really cool documentary films and also the old music video and drama shorts as well, when we have time. And uh, we work with Sue, and we share an office space on the road, and we've got a really good working relationship around content. Yeah, um, yeah so Colin is going to talk very much about how you make good quality video, and then I'm going to talk about all the stuff that goes around it, so how you actually get people to watch the thing, um, how you can make sure that you get a good return on your investment. So I'm going to scurry down there for a second, then I'm going to scurry back up afterwards, okay? Yeah, thank you. What I'd like to do is, instead of just telling you about good video, I'd like to show you a good video and we'll have a little chat about it. (laughs) 
So I'd just like to throw out there, what, it, what is good? What, what sort of things appeal to you about that video? What thoughts are running through your mind? Surprise. Surprise, fantastic. Anything else? What makes it good? It's a sound. Sound? Great use of sound, yeah? Fantastic, thank you. Yes, please. Intensity. Intensity, that's another word. Story. Story, yeah. Emotional. Emotional, very much so, yeah, thank you. Not many words. Sorry? No words. There is very little dialogue. No words as well, absolutely, yeah. No dialogue, yeah. Just sound. Anything else? Suspense. Suspense, yeah. Action. Action, yeah. Hero. Hero as well, yeah. So there's, there's lots of good qualities with regards to the video, and we're going to talk about what some of those are, but it really comes down to audience reaction. So whenever you're planning your video, your concepts, your ideas, always have your audience front and center. Who are they? What do they like? And take those expectations and exceed them in every way possible. So we're going to talk a little bit about what is good, and then we'll talk about how to, how to take those ideas and put it into a strategy, and then Sue's going to talk about the tactics behind that, that, that strategy as well. So I've assembled a list here, um, what makes online video compelling. Some of those things you've kind of touched on already, but it's about attention and emotion. So we live in a, an attention deficit age, unfortunately. We're all doing that, we're scrolling through our phones, we have very little time for, to consume content, so it's really important that you're, the video concepts that you come up with grab attention, and they grab attention emotionally as well. And that can be through things, so you mentioned the word intensity, you mentioned emotion, but there's things like humor, surprise, fear, discuss all these different emotions which are universal. Think about the emotion you're trying to convey. If your video doesn't have emotion in it, think about ways to inject emotion. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how to do that as well. But you know, your, your video needs to have emotion, it needs to grab attention. And this is what we go to the cinema for, right? We go to the cinema to feel things. We go to the cinema to hear stories. Um, and that takes me on to the next bit. Have, have some kind of story in there. So in that example, there was a story there. There was no words, but it was a simple story to follow. And all good videos have some kind of story, even if it's just a very basic structure, right? A beginning, middle, and end. Have some kind of value as well. So, you know, people's time is short, so what, what are you doing? You're entertaining people, you're inspiring people, you're informing people. Make sure it's on brand. So understanding who you are, what you're about, why you exist, what are your brand values, all of that should be infused through your video. Is it authentic? So is it honest? Is it real? Um, we're, very, we're very wise now to, to working out whether things are disingenuous or if they're not real, we're constantly advertised to. So in the world of online video, you've got a really good opportunity to be really honest and authentic with your target customers. And finally, have some kind of call to action. Um, does everyone remember the call to action from the Scout video? Remember what it was? A little test for you. Learn it young. Learn it young. Remember it forever. Yeah, what a fantastic call to action that was. So let's go through some examples here. I've got some B2B examples and some B2C examples, but also some, some SME type videos as well. So I don't want it all to be about big brands. So I'd like to talk about the Dollar Shave Club video. Has anyone seen this one before? So this broke all the, all the records a few years ago when it came out. I think it was uh, last year or perhaps the end of the tail end of 2016. Uh, so incredible uh, results from that video. And they were an SME when they started out, right? Just a bunch of guys in a warehouse, really good idea. Sell, sell razors to young American men, 18 to 24 year olds, um, as a service for a couple of dollars. Um, and the advert just was fantastic. So the guy breaks through the paper, he walks through, he grabs your attention, he's really emotive. There's a fantastic story in there. He walks through the warehouse, all this funny, cool stuff happens to him. And you're left wanting more at the end of the video. So it's a really good example of attention, emotion, delivered like a, like a Tomahawk missile straight to the target audience, which is young men who want cheap razors. 
So there's a really good example if you haven't already seen that. I thoroughly recommend you check it out. And I think they recently got bought by um, one of the big uh, like AstraZeneca or um, Unilever, was it? Well, for about a billion dollars. So it shows, and a big piece of that was the marketing campaign behind it. Tell a story. So in the first video we saw, saw a really powerful story. This is an example from, from Always, the Like a Girl campaign. Has anyone seen this one before? Any hands? Anyone seen this? So always sanitary towels, I'm sure you've heard of the brands, and they took, the, they took their target audience, which is women, and they explored the topic of like a girl, so the stereotype of what it's like to be a girl. So kick like a girl, run like a girl, fight like a girl, bat like a girl. They took that stereotype, and they, and they throw some men in there, and they throw some women, and challenge that stereotype by having children in the video as well. And guess what, the children gave the real honest answer, which is, there's no, you know, there's no difference. Girls are girls and they do their own thing and they're just like boys in a sense. There's no, and they took that stereotype and challenged it. And it was just very powerfully done, a really good example of powerful storytelling where you take an existing trope or a stereotype, you turn it on its head and you challenge the audience. And every time I watch that video, I clog up now. So it's very emotional, very, emotional, very powerful storytelling. Um, but with regards to your own brands and your own companies, think about the stories that exist within your own business. So you've got, vision stories, creation stories, how you started, where, where, what was the genesis of the company. Um, if, you're in a, if you're a social startup or a social enterprise, you must have some fantastic stories about your, your client base and really cool things they've done. So think about stories that exist within your business and you know, are you doing enough to tell those stories as well? If you don't have the amazing stories, think about just having a really good structure to the video content you create. Add value. Um, so what I mean by this is that, again, we're, we're, we're attention poor, we don't have much time, we're consuming content left, right and centre. So if you're going to put a video out to the world, which is a big deal, right? Unless it's just something quick on mobile, make sure it has value. So you're taking people, so you're taking two minutes, three minutes of a person's time. Um, you know, are you informing? Are you engaging? Are you leaving something, something for someone? Are you saying something about the human condition? Uh, this is Moz. They're an SEO company in America. They do this really cool thing called Whiteboard Friday where they have just their, their guy, I can't remember his name, they always get his name. Rand Frischkin. He's left the company. He's left the company now, yeah. yeah. But if you have a look at all their video content, you'll see it's a really clear proposition. He stands in front of the whiteboard and explains really esoteric SEO concepts and, and visualizes it on a board. Really simple, really well executed, and something of real value, very informative as well. And that costs nothing, right? That's just a camera and a guy in a room and a whiteboard. Really simple, but you know, huge traction online. Uh, <laughs> so in a similar vein, I saw Joe posted something on LinkedIn earlier, so I thought I'd just throw that in there. This is Joe uh, interviewing Luca Senatore at Jimmy Ventures about uh, weakness. Was it weakness? It was weakness, yeah. yeah. I thought it was just a really powerful little, little one-minute thing, and he asked Luca about, you know, what is weakness? Should we celebrate weakness? Should we celebrate our mistakes? So I thought it was a, just a really interesting little piece, and it said something about what it means to be human. You know, so simple, done on a mobile phone. Um, and that's what we mean by, by having value. That was actually just my crap camera show. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it gets the message across, right? It got me interested in the brand. It, it, it drew me closer to that brand. And it said something about you. It said something about Lucas. So again, really simple to execute this stuff. You just have to be clear about what your brand is and what your vision is. And, and also who you're trying to reach out to on these different platforms. But Sue's going to talk a little bit more about that as well. Uh, this is another example of being um, on brand. So this is one I picked out. So I'm going to put an animation in there. This is a company called Panorama 9. They're an IT consultancy. And they created this really cool like 8-bit gaming video about IT Man. 
IT man is like their hero character who goes around their world solving IT problems. So he, he beats up servers and he smashes up cables and you know the challenges bureaucracy in the game in the game and it's actually a video about the company. And then the, the, the brand experience is quite similar. So you go through to the website and you get the same graphics on the website, you get the same 8-bit experience. I think that was just a really unique, playful way to present a brand message consistently between the video and the website as well. Authentic. So we often hear this word a lot in marketing. Be authentic, be authentic. We're constantly being told to be authentic. What does that actually mean? I think that just means there's another word for honesty. Be really honest about what you do. Tell real stories about real people in your organization and don't bullshit people. So this is a, a, from a company called Zendesk. They're a virtual uh, help desk service. It's got offices around the world. Originally started in Sweden, but now US-based. And this is a corporate culture video about what it's like to work there. The great thing about this video is you get to meet everybody. So this is the IT team. This is the goldfish. Uh, and then there's, it's Peppergool, and this is the, um, the person on reception, the security guards. And then it's Peppergool's little comedy moment. So here they're, they're having a table race between two elevating tables. So it's got all these little funny moments. It really says something about the culture, and it's done in a kind of dry way. There's this, there's this voiceover that runs over across the, across the top of it, and it's very kind of deadpan, and everyone's quite deadpan in it, but it's just, it's just beautifully and artfully done. And there's real warmth there as well. Um, and there's no, there's no like big exec presentation as well. You see the execs for about two seconds, and it's just like, this is the executive team, and just look at the camera, and then just turn away. It's just really well done, so I, th I thoroughly recommend you check that out. But again, you know, almost two, 200,000 views on that one for a recruitment video, it's not bad. And then this is when Authentic doesn't work. So this is the Pepsi ad that aired last year, and this is Kendall Jenner, um, the celebrity, going up to a security guard at a protest, giving them a can of Pepsi, and it all being really rosy. And there was a huge backlash against that because they, it was felt that they, they piggybacked onto or hijacked the Black Lives Matter protest, and Pepsi put their first defended it, and then they then they pulled it. So actually, I think where SMEs have an advantage is that they they can be more genuine. When you get so big as Pepsi is or Nike or whoever, there's a danger that it's really hard to be authentic because you're you're this billion dollar company that uses third world labor, et cetera, or, or whatever to make, to make your products, it's really hard to be authentic anymore. It's just because you're so distant, you're so far removed from your customers. So I think they just, they've really got this wrong. So when you, th you know, it's about real people, real stories. Um, and by all means, you know, think about what's going on in the world around you. So events, you've got the World Cup coming up, so anything that's going on in your calendar, but put your own spin on it, put your own take on it, don't just hijack it. And lastly, call to action. Um, I wanted to throw a curveball in here. Has anyone ever heard of Rizual? Yeah, nobody's heard of Rizual. I hadn't until I created this video. Um, but it's got a really, really good number of views online. They're a company based in um, Stafford, and they do, uh, they do Microsoft stuff. And that's kind of all I know from the video. So the, this video turns, the, turns sort of the corporate video on its head. It actually takes the piss out of corporate videos a little bit. So it has slow pans of the office, people tapping on the keyboard, people shaking hands, going innovation and doing smiley happy things, um, people having fun, quote unquote. And it does all those different things and then it rips that up um, and then they start doing really crazy stuff and uh, they just take the mick out of being a corporation. And there's, no, there's actually no call to action in it. So you watch the video and you still don't know what they do. And then it just has a line at the end that says uh, Rizzle.com. So it means you think, what the hell do these guys do? And you check it out, and they're actually like a software consultancy company. But it's a really interesting take on challenging the status quo, challenging 
um, perceptions of, of, of how we should you know, create content and, and share, share ideas and share culture. And it takes some bravery to do that if you're a brand. It takes a lot of guts to do that. And it's rare, rare that you see that. So take risks as well. Uh, I just hope that it pays off. <laughs> so those are, those are the six things. Um, and uh, there are more. So there are other things like you know, production quality, relevance, originality, lots of other things in there. But I decided to choose those six. If you're going to take a photo, that's probably a good time, time to do it. If you haven't already got it, but we will be sharing the slides as well. So that will make, that, those are the things that make an online video career. That's like the secret sauce, the ingredients, right? But you have to think um, about viral videos because your CMO just said to me, said to you, make me a viral video. Go away and make me a viral video. Or, we need to do video because someone's told us we need to do it. Or everybody's doing videos. We should do, you know, we've got to, do, we've got to get some, do some videos. But you can't just make a viral video. If you think about all the really successful viral videos like Charlie Bit My Finger or um, what are some other ones? What are some other viral videos? L'Oreal, employing a man. Yeah, yeah, or the thing when, with Britney Spears. When he Spears. uses the women's shampoo, yeah. There's Brazilian yeah. by one. Yeah. 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 Sorry? Fent and the dog. Fent and the dog, I haven't seen that one. That's yeah. The Chewbacca mask, the lady in the car with the Chewbacca mask. A lot of those viral videos weren't crafted or anything. They were just people with mobile phones being there at the right time, in the right place, telling a really funny, interesting story. So be careful when everyone sa anyone says to you, I want to make a viral video. Alarm bells should go off. Because <laughs> uh, you can put a lot of effort into it and not get any return. So the way to think is strategically, and, and this dovetails into what Sue's going to be talking about, but yes, we've got the marketing funnel. Mm -hmm. Marketing funnel. <laughs> so what I've done here is just is sort um, type video content types by the marketing funnel. So what you've got at the top of the funnel is about generating awareness. Who are you? What do you do? What you, you know, who, why are you in the marketplace? What are you selling? You've got branded pr films, promos, explainers, documentaries, how-tos. As you move through the funnel, you get more specific so people are considering purchasing your goods and services. So you want to think about customer testimonials, product demos, etc. And as you move down to the bottom of the funnel, you've got your customers who are advocates of your brand. So you'll be doing things like tutorials, user-generated content, live Q&A broadcasts like we're doing now, actually. I forgot to tell you, we're doing this live on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> Just at the back there. But you have you have a I haven't got my phone on. You have a production studio in your in your hand, right? So there's no reason why you can't do any of this stuff. Yeah? All this stuff and you've got existing customers, existing audiences you want to reach out to. You can be doing all this activity and get really creative and have a lot of fun doing it and take more risks down this end. Um, so as you move through the phone, it's about thinking about you know, where are we in the marketplace? Where are our customers now? Who do, what are the goals of the video? Who do you want to attract? Who are we trying to reach out to? And behind each of these different levels and um, different parts of the phone will be a different conversation about that type of content. Um, there are other content types there, but I've just listed the most common ones there. And the other thing to remember this is that, um, you know, the easy answer to this is, which of these, is, which of these can you do right now, right? Which, which of these are you able to do? What resources do you currently have available? What do you have lying around? What, lo what location are you in? You know, where are you physically? You could be something really cool going on outside. You have a really nice office space. You could have someone in the office. Uh, you could have a really charismatic CEO. Uh, anyone got one of those? Or? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You could have, you could have you know, really strong businesses with a fantastic community. Why aren't they on video? Why haven't you, put, why haven't you stuck a mobile phone in their face and get them to talk about the brand? 
It's crazy not to. Or really passionate product advocates in your organization that's just ridiculously off the chart, passionate about their stuff, or incredibly technically literate. Why aren't they talking about your products and services on video? Seems crazy. So lots to think about there. Um, so just to recap, know what your audience needs, think about, think about what they want and need, and exceed those expectations as much as possible. There is a criteria for success. I've shared it with you, but there are others. But you know, think of that as a checklist to run through next time, the concept of your videos. Start with end in mind, so know what your marketing goals are, know where you are in the marketing funnel. Before you start concepting these ideas, have some strategic conversations about how and when to place this video. And take some risks as well. You can take a lot more risks with mobile type video, social media, have fun doing it. You know, Joe, you've had a lot of fun with, with the stuff you've been doing on mobile. You know, really good example, living case study here of, of, of mobile video uh, in the workplace. Um, so yeah, got no excuses, so thank you. Colin. Um, right, I'm going to pick up on a few of the points uh, that Colin mentioned. And uh, it's also really nice to be back at the marketing meetup. I spoke at the very second one, uh, which did we work out September 2016? And it was all about email marketing and subject lines. And I remember it with particular fondness because we spoke about email marketing and GDPR wasn't even mentioned. <laughs> all that time we spent about it, we didn't have to think about GDPR. It was lovely. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to sort of uh, pick up where Connie left off really, uh, let's see if I can get this to work. So you've made your video, so you've put all of this um, effort and probably a lot of time and a lot of money into it, and now what are you going to do with it? You need to make sure that people see it. Um, but this is a little bit of a red herring, because you should be thinking about the now what right at the beginning. You know, so you're setting those objectives and you should be thinking all the way from that very first moment you come up with a concept what you're going to do with the thing. Um, and so along the way I'm going to come up with some ideas, things that we see all the time that people miss that they forget to do. So we're going to just have a little think about goals, where it's going to go so lots of people see it, and also what you're going to measure. Um, Deepa and I, my colleague over there, we are running some training last week uh, all about content marketing, and we're quite surprised to see that people weren't really measuring the activity very much at all. So unless you measure the activity, you can't really pinpoint what's going right, what's going wrong, you can't really learn from it, um, you know, you can't look at the things that are most successful and replicate them each time. So measurement is really, really important. So um, as Colin was saying, you know, you need to really think about your goals here. So a couple of uh, projects we're working on at the moment, you know, the client comes in and you just think, funny off, this is going to go brilliantly. So um, one client, they just want to attract better staff. So there we're doing a video where we go to their workplace, we meet the founder, we hear the story of the business. You know, it's not overcomplicated. You, you go around the office, Colin shot this one, uh, we meet some of the team members, some of the junior ones, and you just give people a real feel for the company. Um, whereas somebody else said, right, we're trying to get investment, we're trying to get backing, and we just want something that's going to wake everybody up at the beginning of the meeting. Because these investors, they have to sit through all these boring meetings all the time, and we want something that's just going to go bang and just wake everybody up. So it's really fast paced, there's lots of text, there's lots of cups to um, the product in action, and it's really, really fast moving. Um, it's not something really, really boring that goes on for hours and hours, it gets everybody falling asleep. So, you know, really, really think about what your objective is from the beginning, and then from that, everything kind of falls into place. Whereas if you try and achieve too many things in one video, and let too many people have a little, um, little chop at the idea, um, you know, Father Ted, where they, try and uh, beat the car back into shape and everyone gives it a little tiny tap and it ends up just this mess of metal. 
um, you know, try and hold on to that original concept. And then you're also thinking about reaching the right people as well. So it's not just about age and whether it's male or female. You're also thinking about what particular challenges they've got. So, um, I mean, YouTube is not just a video platform, it's actually a search engine as well. So if you want to do something like learn how to peel ginger properly or how to fix an iPhone uh, screen when you've dropped it, then YouTube is going to give you the answers. So you need to think about your audience, who you're trying to reach, and again, not try and do a video that is going to be right for everybody. You know, you think about one particular uh, customer type you're trying to talk to, one particular type of audience, and try and do something that's going to meet their need in some way. You know, think about where they are in the world, uh, what sort of challenges they've got, and also how new they are to your sort of subject. So are they going to be subject matter experts, or when you use lots of, lots of acronyms, it's just going to go over their heads. So, you know, always try and think about the right sort of people that you're trying to attract. And then that goes with um, doing it at the right time. So the reason I've got this nice picture of grass here, um, so say you're, you're trying to sell um, your lovely new range of lawn mowers. So when you put that video out in, um, in the autumn, you're not going to get that much take up. Whereas you put it out in the spring, when people are actually thinking about it, then it's going to be more successful. And sometimes when we're looking at video content and thinking, well, why did this work and why did that not work? Then it's easy to get slightly distracted and you might think, well, maybe the video wasn't any good. Um, you know, it wasn't very interesting and, and it was poor quality. Whereas actually, the problem was that you put it out at the wrong time of year. So um, you need to think about your customers. You've already thought about your audience. What else is going on in their minds? You know, what else is front of mind with them? So we've got the World Cup coming up. So, you know, if you launch your new video um, right in the middle of that, you know, the day that England are playing, perhaps don't get past the semis this time, who knows, um, then that's going to be competing for people's attention. Or say you work in the education sector, um, we've already spoken to a couple of people tonight, um, hello, <laughs> run a language school. Um, so say if you work in education, you put your big video out in August, and you know, you might find that no one's really paying that much attention. Whereas do it in September, just a few weeks later, that's when everyone's engaged. So, you know, that's when everyone's back at school, that's when students are engaged, and that's when the academics are engaged as well. So you're not just competing for the attention with all the stuff going on in the world. Um, quite often it's easy to almost compete against yourself. So maybe you've got a big event coming up, and you've got lots and lots and lots of, of marketing activity around this. So then if that's when you release your video about your new product, it might get a little bit lost in the mix. So you'll have too many messages going on all the time. So we always say to people, you need to just plan, plan your content. It doesn't have to be in masses of depth. You know, you don't have to use a very whizzy tool. You can use a spreadsheet, quite, you know, serves a purpose. And then you can just plan your content and make sure it's nice and staggered. Um, because you don't want to be competing against yourself. <laughs> There's plenty of other things out there to compete against. And then we need to think about where is it going to go? So where are we going to host it? Where is it going to live? And then what channels are we going to share it on? And because uh, you've already thought about your audience so much, then that helps that fall into place as well. So um, has anybody <coughs> heard of YouTube? <laughs> Quite a popular platform, I've heard. Um, so YouTube is the, I suppose, the original video uh, platform. And we were just discussing when we were putting this together how we're so familiar with Facebook having video now and Twitter. And it's easy to forget that actually when the other platforms launched, they didn't have video. Um, and so, you know, they've caught up massively now. LinkedIn in particular is really pushing video all of a sudden. Um, but of course, you know, YouTube got there first 
and it's so so powerful. Um, this example here is from a hospice. Really nice way for a hospice to kind of break down a few barriers, make people feel a bit less uh, kind of daunted by um, this kind of experience. And one thing that I see people forget to do all the time is to give their video a really good name. So, you know, I was saying how YouTube is a search engine. You know, people are putting queries into YouTube the whole time. And so there's a really good opportunity here to name your video, put some keywords in, the sort of things that people are, are looking for in the description. You know, make sure it's a good lengthy description. Sometimes you can almost um, do a narration of the video, um, you know, so that you can subscribe it. Um, and then this all helps your content to get found. And what I see all the time is people giving their videos titles like, um, I don't know, Hospice Care One or something like that. Um, and it's a real wasted opportunity. So if there's one thing you can do to help your video um, be seen by more people, it's to give it a really good title, give it a good description and tag it as well when you upload it into, into YouTube. Um, Vimeo, does anyone here use Vimeo? Yep, yep. So um, Vimeo, again, it's a video sharing platform. But it's got a slightly different kind of expectation about it. So it's where people tend to share more creative, artistic sort of work. Um, if I could come up with a rather poor analogy, then YouTube is a bit like a multiplex uh, with popcorn and hot dogs and a bit more sort of noisy, shouty, blockbuster videos. Whereas Vimeo is a bit more like an art house cinema where you might have a nice glass of wine before the sharing too. Um, and so, yeah, you, you can, people use it who might be animators, uh, documentary makers, short films, a lot of music videos on there, um, a lot of very beautiful work. And this is one that we've come across recently. I haven't actually explored this one much myself yet. Has anybody here used Wistia much? Great. Okay. <laughs> so what do you like about Wistia so much? It was designed for businesses on on-site stuff. Yes. Uh, the customization, particularly the turnstile functions and the linkage functions. Yeah. So so it gives you a bit more control as a marketer over the content that is going out there. So um, whereas say YouTube, you put your video up, and then it's all up to YouTube's algorithm what's going to come up on the right-hand side that people might re uh, see next. So it could be your competitor's video, or it could be something unpleasant um, that you don't want to be associated with. Whereas Wistia gives you a bit more control over it than that. And it also enables you to have a few kind of marketing things like uh, generate leads and, and that kind of thing a bit more effectively. So um, that's what I, I know I'm going to be exploring. <laughs> this, I mean, it's just so blindingly obvious. But again, I keep on seeing people kind of forgetting to do this. And it's to place it somewhere on your website. And so what you want to be doing, like these people here, is putting it above the fold, which means that you don't have to scroll down to see it. So sometimes people, they make the video and then it's sort of way down there in the footer and it's hidden out of sight and then they're wondering why nobody's watching it. So, um, you know, put it somewhere that is really obvious that people can see it, embed it in a blog post, put it on the home page. I mean, these people here have got a nice bit of lead generation there. So you've got your lovely video hosted on Vimeo and just a really, really simple uh, data capture form. We, we always say to people, keep these forms really simple. You know, you don't want to be asking 20 questions because uh, by the time they've sat through the video, they're not going to want to fill in all of that as well. So this is really easy to measure as well. They can see who signed up, where they've got the information, and then they can start using it to sell products. So, you know, nice and, nice and simple. Um, LinkedIn, I'm seeing a lot of people, there's people here in the room I know that use LinkedIn video. Um, as I was saying, it's getting a big push from LinkedIn now. And this lady here, she's a business coach. And it's just very simple. She's just talking about what she does, some of her expertise, and it helps break down that barrier. You know, you know who she is, you get a feel for her before you have to pick up the phone and talk to her. 
And I mean, as you can see, she's got loads of likes, 99 comments, two and a half thousand views. You know, this is doing really well for her. And I'm seeing this more and more on LinkedIn. Um, it's very, very simple. You know, as Colin was saying, you've got your camera in your pocket, which means you can record these videos very easily. And you don't need high production values. She's presumably there just in her study. And that's fine. You know, it gives you that feeling of authenticity, which is what we all want. And you can also put a bit of money behind it. So social media advertising is perfect if you want to target your videos really effectively. Uh, this is BT, they're doing it here on LinkedIn. And of course, you can do it on Twitter, you can do it on Facebook. And because digital marketing means we can, uh, we've got access to so much data about people, then you can target it very effectively. So by region, by profession, uh, by interests, all these things, depending on what the platform is. So you'll have already thought about your audience, so now you can really pick which platform is going to reach the most effectively. Um, on the subject of not high production values, this is a makeup brand, and so they're just showing her putting on some lip gloss, and then she blows a kiss to the camera. So it's not, you know, it hasn't been thought about in great depth, they're just showing off the product, having a little bit of fun, and then they're tagging it with all the hashtags on, on uh, Instagram, and it's just getting loads of responses. And it's selling the product quite, quite effectively, and they're not overcomplicating it. It's quite simple, just showing off the product, and Instagram is exactly the right platform for them. You know, she wouldn't be doing this on LinkedIn, and if she did, she'd probably get lots of people moaning. <laughs> I'm always seeing when people try and vlog this little product on LinkedIn. Um, so we've thought about websites, we've thought about social media, and then email marketing as well. So if you include a video in email marketing, if you mention it in the subject line, then it's going to improve your opening rates by about 19%, something like that. Um, if you include the video in the email, and so it's very simple, you've just got a graphic there and a big play button, and our fingers are kind of moving towards it, <laughs> some kind of muscle memory, we just want to hit play, then that can improve the click-through rate by around um, 65%. So I would definitely say keep it simple, don't put lots and lots of videos in there, you know, don't put blog posts and, and images and, and loads and loads of text as well. Just give people one thing to do, and right here, it's just pressing that massive play button in the middle, and all the people will start clicking through there. Uh, this is a stupid thing I did the other day <laughs> with Sage. So I'm on um, the Sage Business Experts uh, program, and so is Peter Jones from Dragon's Den. Um, and so we're down as influencers. Guess who's got the larger Twitter following? <laughs> um, his is rather more sizable than mine. But they got me to do this video, which we did very, very quickly after a Facebook Live broadcast. Did it in two takes, um, had a bit of fun doing it. It wasn't very in-depth, didn't think about it too long. And then they put a bit of money behind it, um, shared it with Peter Jones from Dragon's Den, used his community to really, really amplify that and extend the reach. So, so many more people saw that because he would have shared it as well. So the combination of um, Peter Jones sharing it and adding the, um, a little bit of money behind it to get it targeted to the right people. And then that just massively increased the reach. So particularly if you are um, a startup, you know, you've got a fairly small community, then just using a bit of, bit of cash just to get things going, trying to think of people in your community who are influential, who you could encourage to share the content, that's gonna massively extend the amount of people that see it. So it's quite a good way to kind of um, get a leg up if you like. Oh, and also that they, they promoted it so much that people started to complain underneath. <laughs> and people were saying, Sue, can you get out of my Twitter feed? But anyway. And then just lastly, just a few points about uh, measuring. So um, this is a thing we did the other day with uh, young Rory at the back there. <laughs> didn't, know, didn't know I was going to do that. 
So um, GDPR, we thought we'd use GD, um, video in our GDPR campaign to get people to stay on our mailing list. Um, and so young Rory uh, put his shades on and did his best James uh, Blunt impression and sang a whole song about GDPR that, uh, that he'd written. And so from this, we could see how many likes it got, the sort of average view duration. So people, they um, stuck it out until 55 seconds before clicking away on average. Um, and then the amount of likes and shares and this kind of thing. And so the amount of views is great, but that can be a bit uh, misleading almost because um, YouTube is going to class anything that's over three seconds as a view. So for all you know, people might just all turn off after three seconds. What you're really interested in is the engagement. So are people sharing this thing? Are they clicking like? Are they adding a comment? Um, you know, you want that engagement. Otherwise, um, say the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad, I mean, that got loads and loads of views, but they were what you could almost call hate views. You know, people sharing it with each other and saying, oh, this thing is awful, look at this, look at this. Um, it wasn't positive sentiment. And what you want is this, um, yeah, positive sentiment. You want people sharing it for the right reasons and not saying this thing is absolutely awful. Um, don't forget to look at your social media analytics as well. So, um, you know, from this we could tell the amount of engagements it had. Were people clicking on the link? Were they commenting? Were they sharing it? Um, we found that, uh, where's uh, Jemima? Jemima, thank you, um, kindly shared it as well. And so it's, it's not just about looking at the, the metrics, that, you know, the numbers. You want to be thinking, well, on a YouTube uh, video, what sort of comments are you getting underneath? You know, what are people telling you? So in this um, Charlotte Tilbury one, you know, people are saying, actually, do you think you could do a tutorial? So you can learn from the people that are commenting, and they will be very honest, uh, particularly on YouTube. You know, people can be horribly honest, but you need to look at this as, as useful feedback. And if people are saying, yeah, yeah, I love this, I want more, keep it coming, then that's obviously a really positive sign. And then if people are being unpleasant, um, you know, then that's, that's useful feedback as well. It can be tough sometimes, but uh, always useful. So, um, yeah, that's my little thing coming to the end. So all, all I'd say is that video content is still relatively new, you know? A lot of people aren't going to dive in, they're a bit nervous of it, and they think it's all about um, spending 10 grand on each video and it all being this perfectly polished thing. Whereas really it can be easy as picking up your phone and putting something on Instagram um, and sharing it in this very kind of immediate kind of way. So, um, yeah, we're going to be around for the rest of the evening, so please do ask us any questions, or we'll take some now as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs>